Hello. 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 Welcome to the Bears, Birds, and Brews podcast. This is a show about Chicago Bears, the Atlanta Falcons, and craft beer. My name is Asif Lakani, and my co-host is... Nabil Alani. And on today's episode, we're drinking some excellent, excellent beer from Trim Tab Brewing in Birmingham. Shout Alabama. Out. Hell yeah. Shout out to Lacey King and Isaac Duncan for all your services and assistance in helping us procure these beers that we're about to drink. And we're going to tell you what they are. Um, so yeah, first yeah. thing we got that, we got a lot of football to talk about, some NBA draft. All that good stuff. But before that, Nabil, what are we drinking? Always talking about the beer, right? Talking about trim tab. Right now, we're just starting off a little easy because um, I feel like we're going to go from easy to complex to complicated to crazy. So I feel like starting off easy is always easy, this right? This is good. I already took a um, sip. Oh, snap. I'll start. Um, we're just starting off with our West Coast IPA. Um, it's uh, create a world you love. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, and I, I think we should all create a world that we love. And my world was full of beer, so well, that's what I love. especially in, in today's world where we are right now, you got you to gotta do what makes you happy, right? Exactly. And drinking makes do, me and happy. You got to do what you can, and you got to do what makes you happy. Um, but talk about, this is an IPA, but this is very light. Like, yeah. if I didn't know what you poured me, for, if I didn't see that can beforehand, I would assume that this is actually like a lager or a pilsner. Yeah, like, I mean, very well. very light. I mean, this is a traditional West Coast IPA, um, sitting at 6.5, according to the label. Um, yeah, I mean, so I feel like West Coast IPAs are kind of like not the norm anymore. So when you compare, like when you're drinking a West Coast IPA after you're used to drinking like these crazy like lactose or triple IPAs, double IPAs, you know, a West Coast IPA sometimes seems a little lighter and easier to drink. But yeah, this just seems like a very traditional, very nice West Coast IPA that I could just, you know, and I know I say this all the time, but I could probably knock out a bunch of these. So. Well, and we split this, but yeah. I think we could, each of us could definitely knock out a 16 ounce, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's pretty much what you said right there. Yeah, so, definitely. Hell yeah. And the IPA with Chinook, Citra, Eldorado, and Galaxy Hops. Yeah. So I like that a lot. And we got a few more. And once again... Yeah. Shout out to Lacey King and Isaac Duncan and everybody at and, Trim Tab. And uh, Trim Tab social media as well. You know, just going back and forth talking with you guys. You guys have been amazing. Right. Um, so, you know, we are going to have another beer in a minute. But, you know, while I'm drinking this quick brew, we're going to talk about something that happened last week. Uh, not football, but the NBA draft. Yeah, you um, scared me for a second. <laughs> uh, the NBA draft did happen. And, they, you know, of course, it's been a weird, unique NBA season. And, of course, to top a unique NBA season, we need a unique NBA draft. And that's what we had. I mean, we had an NBA draft in what, in November. I, I don't think it's ever happened before. And having an NBA draft in November with players that you never saw in the NCAA tournament, uh, most of the players that you know were drafted, no one really knew who they were because you normally figure out what these players are are during the NBA tournament, right? I mean, the NCAA tournament. Right. That's when you you know that's where, for example, Brandon Ingram went from a potential top fifteen pick to the number two pick in the draft. That's where Carmelo Anthony was like, oh, maybe he should go ahead of LeBron, even though he didn't. You know, so that's a lot of things that happen in the NCAA tournament that shape players. You know, that's where Dwayne Wade became a top five pick. Right. Absolutely. No, that, I think that's probably the best example of like the NCAA tournament doing something for somebody's stock. At least in our time, uh, of course, Magic Johnson had a great NCAA yeah. tournament run yeah. too. Um, and then guys like Jimmer Fredette, yeah. maybe go a little higher. Yeah. 
as a result of the tournament. And, and, but, so, and it's not always a positive way as well. Like, you know, the, the Bulls took Tyrus Thomas so many years back, and he looked like a huge oh. – he was a huge athletic person coming out of LSU, the, and the Bulls went crazy to want him, and they traded away LaMarcus Aldridge to get him, and then they realized that he's just an athlete. He's not a basketball player. Can you imagine trading LaMarcus Aldridge? Matter of fact, I'll do you one worse slash better slash Atlanta against Atlanta – NCAA tournament resume gets you drafted number three overall if you're Marvin Williams. Yeah. Six man off the national championship team gets taken before anybody else on that team ahead of guys like Chris Paul and Darren Williams. Uh, but even though we didn't have a tournament, we did have an Atlanta guy go number one overall. Shout out to Anthony Edwards. Yeah. That's super yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. I think he's going to be a great fit in Minnesota. Uh, and then the Hawks, they got the big man, the big freshman out of uh, USC. USC. USC, yeah. Yeah, and that's the US, Southern Cal. Um, so shout out to Southern Cal. And uh, speaking of, um, you're talking about, Marvin, talking about Marvin Williams earlier, you were talking about how he was a sixth man. Well, the Bulls got the sixth man from Florida, Florida State. So I don't know if it's going to be a repeat of what happened with Marvin Williams. Uh, Patrick Williams is the player we got, so Williams, Williams, I don't know. Yeah. But at the same time, like, from what they're saying, like, this kid, you know, one good kid, good attitude and everything. But, you know, they're also saying he's a true freshman. And in that Florida State, you know, the way that the team runs is, you know, everyone, it's a like a, a, 10, a 10 squad, like, rotation where everyone gets equal minutes. And he was, like, the first guy in the rotation. So I'm excited no, yeah, to see I mean, what he is. Well, as a Duke fan... Yeah, we definitely had some troubles with Florida State the last couple of years, and I'm sure that he played a role in mm-hmm. that. Matter of fact, I'm almost certain that he played a role in that. But uh, on the Hawks side, I am excited for Anyake, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, you talk about the weird timing of the NBA draft. We also had NBA free agency. Right after the draft. Draft ended, a day later, NBA free agency started. Was it, I, okay, I wasn't I, sure if I, it was the other way around. No, I think it was a day, maybe a day, maybe two days later. It went from the draft, two days later, NBA free agency. Okay. So either way, the Hawks... Well, I mean, the Warriors got a good pick in the draft. That kid that they got uh, from Weissman. Serbia, Weissman, yeah, from uh, from Memphis, yeah. And so, but I think he's like Serbian or something like that. No. Maybe no. it was their second pick. They, but they got a kid from Serbia a few years who was in Serbia a few years ago. That's supposedly like very good. And uh, I'm not, I'm not sure, but but uh, we're talking about the Warriors, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Warriors' main pick was Weissman from Memphis. Yeah, which is also a great pick for them, yeah. for sure. I was just saying, I mean, like the Warriors front office did a great job. Obviously, Weissman, and they got another stud that you're probably going to hear his name. And then speaking of the Warriors, so uh, Travis Link was the Warriors' GM, assistant GM, and now the Hawks' GM. And he made some moves mm-hmm. for the Hawks in the offseason. The Hawks had a better free agency than they did a draft, which is – Crazy when you consider like they had a really good draft too. Yeah. Uh, so Atlanta fans have a lot to be excited about, at least as far as on yeah. the basketball. I mean, court. <laughs> uh, so the Hawks did go. Um, I, I'm not sure how I feel about this contract, but they did, you know, spend I think three years. I mean, they, they did spend sixty million on Gallinari. Yeah, it was like three years, sixty-eight million, something like that. Yeah. So, America. so, the, but you know, he he fits a role, but it. it I think some eyebrows were raised when that signing came through. The signing I like a lot is the Rondo signing. Yeah. I, I think that would be great with Trey Young. You know, Rondo obviously won't be starting. He'd be coming off the bench. Yeah. Um, but the other signing as well, which is the big signing, and I think they were still waiting. Maybe we have a couple of hours left because I think they signed him on November 22nd. Uh, Bogdanovich from um, Sacramento. Sacramento does have 48 hours to match from the 22nd, and today is the 24th. So at some point, we should be knowing if they're matching or not. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a great look for the Hawks. They also got Clint Capella. Yeah, well, big, that was from last year, the trade that happened, but yeah. So, they, I mean, they got him now, you know, now that we're going to have, like, a full season. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure, knowing, I don't know Trey Young, but, like, I'm sure that he hasn't not communicated with his guys during this offseason. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, well, you can see Trey Young during the bubble, like, you know, I feel like he was one of the more active people on Twitter talking about how much he missed basketball and how much he was ready to be out there. I mean, he was posting workouts yeah. when everybody yeah. else was in the bubble. So Atlanta, yeah. again, we got a lot to be excited about Trey Young and the players that we got. I don't know about the uh, Gallinari signing in terms of the contract. However, I will say, again, to your point about it's a good fit. Um, last thing I want to say about the NBA draft is, man, Gordon Hayward got paid, dude. I yeah. don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I guess he's worth it. Mm-hmm. I think Lamelo in Houston and Charlotte is going to be great. I think that I think that's an interesting fit. Um, see, I think Gordon Hayward is never going to be the same player he was after that gruesome injury that happened with his ankle. Doesn't seem I was, like he I was, hasn't I, recovered yet. I was in Boston for that injury. Like I was literally in Boston, and that injury happened, and literally a bar in Boston, everyone just stopped. Um, but yeah, um, you know, Gordon Hayward, you know, when, when he was at his peak, you know, he was a a prolific scorer, a a top 12 scorer in the league. Um, right now, you know, I just kind of, I don't know what we have, what, what Gordon Hayward, you know, is at this point, but I think he could fit a good role on that team. And, um, well, once again, shout out to... Lacey King and Isaac Duncan, because we just opened another Trim Tab beer. That we did. Um, open sales. Uh, this is an Imperial Sour with um, lemon, key lime, and grapefruit. Um, let's see. And it is sitting at... Uh, you just missed it. on right here. It's sitting at 8%. A sneaky 8%. Let's go ahead and try this. I mean, it smells fantastic in here right now. It's like lemony all over. Yeah. Oh, wow, man. That yeah. citrus really comes through. That lime... Like it, I, I get the lime and the lemon. Key lime, sure. yeah. Okay. Yeah, this. Oh, I like it's that. It's quite tart, yeah. Um, it's like quite tart, but with like an easy finish. Yeah, it's like the the key lime gives it that key lime finish. Um, man, this is good. Yeah, in the boat, I was thinking I knew we were gonna drink Tim Tad today. I was like, what do they do well? Well, they do everything well. The sours, the IPAs, yeah. the sours, which we got a couple here. Yeah. I mean, but I would say if, um, like, if you're seeking out trim tap or something, I would say definitely, you know, sours, that's, the, that's one of the top things to go for. And I feel like they're stouts as well. Um, I think those are what they shine at most. Yeah. But honestly, it's like trim tap is like an ultimate flight brewery. You got to get a little bit of everything yeah. out there. And so once again, this is the open sales. We talk about the NBA draft. We talk about NBA free agency. Let's talk about some football. Some football. All right. So last week we did have, and thank you again um, to the Saints um, stadium announcer. Yeah. Shout out to Mark Romig. We super appreciate it, man. It's super cool to hear his voice. That's probably like the best thing about yeah. the game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> me also, yeah. I also heard his voice during the game and he kind of paused. A couple of times. Uh, but yeah, was... you know, we were, um, yeah, so go ahead, Asif, you know, um, take, a, take a big gulp, take a big sip and uh, let, let us know what happened. Yeah, man. So the Falcons just got... They're, they're ass whooped. You can't even be nice about it. Like, they got their ass kicked on Sunday by... A tight end, according to yeah, ESPN by, Fantasy Football. Right, by, like, a tight end slash, like, fullback slash backup quarterback slash guy who had four career-ending injuries at BYU. Did you yeah. know that? Yeah. I didn't know that. That was crazy. But... Four season-ending. 
Yeah, sorry. For, well, yeah. <laughs> but they said career ending on the thing. Potential it, career ending, but yeah, yeah season ending. So, anyway, so shout out to Taysom Hill, I guess. Played a great game. But he's not the only one that kicked their ass. He was like, Cam Jordan got Matt Ryan on the ground three or four times. The yeah. whole Saints defense had like eight sacks total. So, here's my takeaway from that game is like, I mean, you know, the flaws were going to be exposed eventually. Yeah. Like, Atlanta is not a good team. We kind of knew that probably week four, week five coming into the season, if not coming into the season entirely, because mm-hmm. it's not like they were that great of a team at the end of last season, yeah. despite going 6-2 and two or whatever it was. So, man, their flaws got exposed, and who better to expose your flaws than the teams that know you best? So your division opponents, not only your division opponents, but your division rival, mm-hmm. who really had to make a case for its fan base and for itself to say, like, yo, even though we don't have a Hall of Fame quarterback under center for the next two to three weeks – we're still a team to be taken seriously. And, dude, the Saints look like they could be just as good with Taysom Hill yeah. um, uh, or Drew Brees. Well, so I, I would say I, w- I would want to see more from the of Saints. Course. Because, like, you know, Atlanta coming in was the 32nd ranked pass defense. Like, it's not like, you know, yes, Atlanta had a couple of good games under the belt. But at the same time, it's not like they were back to, you know, being, you know, the defense from a few years ago when they went to the Super Bowl. So I will say that I will say that um, you know the Falcons are still kind of you know a mystery box. I don't know what's going to happen, but the thing that I'm more curious about is the mystery box on offense. What, For the Falcons, what is happening with Julio? I mean, I don't think Julio is going to play this week. No, yeah, I mean, so Julio played five plays in the second half of the game. Uh, on Sunday, which is there's no reason for him to risk the injury or risk a significant tear to his hamstring uh, because it's not worth it. I mean, the Falcons aren't going anywhere, right? I think like they're pretty much this season is all but over for them at this point. Mm-hmm. So what happens with Julio? My thing is this: is like Matt Ryan and the offense cannot make excuse me the excuse of. Well, Julio Jones is out. Julio Jones is injured because the guy has been out and has been injured. And you've had to work around him. You have a guy named Calvin Ridley. You have Russell Gage. You have Hayden Hurst. You have Zacchaeus. You have Powell. I mean, all of these guys have literally caught touchdowns from Matt Ryan this year. Yes, Julio Jones is still, when he's healthy, a top five receiver in the NFL. Arguably a Hall of Famer at this point already. That being said, the guy hasn't played consistently. So there's no excuse to use that as an excuse. Like at this point, you know if he plays great, if he doesn't, you still have to execute the game plan and the offense. So are you saying shut Julio down for the season? Uh, I mean, I think Julio gets to decide what he wants to do, right? Like I think Julio, if he feels like he's healthy enough to play and he's not gonna risk any major injury, then Julio should be allowed to do what he wants. So what if Matt Ryan comes tomorrow and says, I wanna shut her down for the rest of the year? I don't know where I'm going to be after this. I don't know if you guys are going to try to trade me. I don't know if you guys want me back on the Falcons next year. I want to be able to see the new coaching staff and decide if what I want to do. Why well, I don't I don't see Matt Ryan doing that. Well, I don't see Julio doing that. But I never said that Julio would do it. I know, but but you're saying you think he should have the ability to. So I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate. I'm saying, what if Matt Ryan were to do that? I just want to know. Well, again, I don't think that either of them would want to do. It. I don't think that you show Julio down. I think it's a matter of if he can play, he plays. If he doesn't, he can still be inactive or active on the sideline coaching guys up. Obviously, he can't change at halftime and and come into the game if he's not on the active Mm -hmm. roster for that Sunday. But these guys are competitors. They know what's at stake. 
they're not trying to be embarrassed and be like, oh, well, I got my ass kicked by New Orleans, so let me shut it down for the rest of the year and see what happens. If Matt Ryan had the gall to be like, let me see what's going on with the coaching staff, I guarantee you Matt LaFleur no, no, probably would have never left. I'm just, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yeah. Um, but now I'm saying as, as a Falcons fan, do you actually want the Falcons to do that? Like if I was a Falcons fan – I would consider just not starting Matt Ryan for the rest of the year. Well, I, I'll tell you what. As a Falcons fan, they didn't like seeing Matt Ryan get sacked eight times on Sunday. That was not Because I'll, I'll tell you this. if um, guys, guys, we're going to get to NFL this week in NFL in a minute. But uh, certain players have gotten hurt, and it's going to change the landscape of the offseason for their teams. Right. And right now, Falcons are actually running – you know, they're not running as a strength as a team right now. But with the offseason – they have a potential assets that they can move around or do stuff with. Which, but if Matt Ryan keeps getting hit, keeps getting hurt, that asset will then turn into a liability. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I don't want to get too much into that because, I, like, I don't want to put those bad vibes out there and say like worst case scenario if that was to happen. However, what I will say is that you know what we talked about with Brad mm-hmm. a few weeks ago on the NFL Week Eight episode, Matt Ryan's contract cannot be moved. I mean, unless a team wants to take on that much money. It's realistically not possible for him to get traded and obviously not released because it's going to hurt the right. Falcons no matter what. So, But what I will say, though, is at what point does Matt Ryan know he's getting blitzed all day, getting blitzed all day, and not change coverage at the line, not call audibles at the line, and continue to run these long developing routes that he did against the Saints and say, hey, Gage, run the quick slant route. Fuck the fade. Fuck the seam route. Run a quick slam because I'm getting my ass lit up back here and I need to keep the defense honest. At what point does your veteran Hall of Fame caliber quarterback not take the offense into his own hands and say, get my ass off the ground and make a play so we can move the offense? The Falcons had negative four yards of offense in the second half, dude. I don't see how as a quarterback you can allow that to happen. Like... That's t- like even your, your the backup quarterback that came in for the Bears at the very end of the last game that they played on Monday night. That guy had more yards of offense on one series than the entire Falcons had in the whole second half. And you're telling me that that's somehow not Matt Ryan's fault. It's not his whole fault. But at what point does he not have accountability to be like, I'm the fucking man on this team. I can make the play calls. I have three or four star offensive players. Hurst, Gage, Ridley, Todd Gurley. Like, you can make a play with these guys. So, no, I don't think he's going to shut it down. I think he's too competitive for that. Um, anyway, the Falcons play the Saints again in two weeks. So, hopefully, we yeah. get a different response. And while the bell opens that beer, I'll just fast forward to the next Falcons game, which is against the Raiders. The Raiders. Um, Las Vegas did a really good job Raiders. against Kansas City um, on Sunday night football, which we'll talk about that game in just a moment. Kansas City... Pretty much figured out a formula. I mean, Las Vegas figured out a formula to pretty much beat Kansas City uh, up until the very end when Patrick Mahomes did what Patrick Mahomes does. That being said, I think that they can beat the Falcons. It's going to take a different formula, strategy, and game plan to beat Atlanta because obviously we're a different team and we have a different quarterback and a different offense than Kansas City does. However, I, I certainly think that the Raiders can certainly come in here and keep the Falcons in their misery, not put them out of it, <laughs> keep them in it. I just pray for Matt Ryan that hopefully either he gets more creative with the play calling at the line and takes ownership of calling audibles and hot routes and or the offense does better and, and keeps him from getting sacked eight times because I can't have Matt Ryan get hurt. Nobody can. Nobody <laughs> in this town can, right? 
Um, yeah, I mean, like, I'll tell you this right now. Derek Carr is a very good quarterback, and I do think Derek Carr is going to light up this Falcons defense. Bro, I think you'll appreciate this because I've gone on record in the past of saying that Derek Carr sucks and he's overrated. And while I may have felt that at one point, I mean, the last couple weeks, man, Derek Carr has been lights out. Is he the most improved player in the NFL right now? I don't know. That's that's a tough call. But I think he certainly is a candidate for it because, man, I'm scared to play him and the Raiders as a whole. On uh, yeah. on Sunday, De- Derek Carr's out there to prove that he is the guy. And if John Gruden doesn't want him, that's John Gruden's fault, and he'll go somewhere else and he'll prove John Gruden wrong. And to another thing with Derek Carr's uh, play right now is the Raiders traded for a quarterback in the offseason. so that kind of tells you like, hey, well, they, they just signed Mariota. They yeah, well, they didn't trade for, him, but they they went after a quarterback in the offseason. So like, if I'm Derek Carr, I'm thinking, man, these guys don't believe in me. Yeah. They're ready to find somebody to step in. If I don't play well. I got to get my shit together, and he's been doing just that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the rumor for a little bit was that the Bears are trying to get Derek Carr, but that, that's not going to happen now or even next year either. Um, but I am really excited to see Derek Carr. I've, I've, I've always liked Derek Carr, so I'm happy he's doing well. But, yeah, I mean, it should be interesting. I do think he is going to light up that offense, that defense. But what is this awesome beer you just opened? It's so good. So this beer that I just cracked open, this beer is called Maple Cakes, again from Trim Tap Brewing in Alabama. Um, this is a imperial stout sitting at 8.7, flavored with maple syrup, molasses, and walnuts. Once again, shout out to Lacey King and Isaac Duncan for helping <laughs> us procure these beers. Uh, and I will say that there is a lot of walnuts in this, and I freaking love that. Like, you, the aroma of walnuts right now is ridiculous. Yeah, how do we feel about this beer? I like this a lot. This I, is I really good. like it. I mean, so I'll say, it's, I'll say this, like, um, it... It's maple, but it's not as syrupy as I thought it would be. It's not. It's a, it's a little thinner than I thought it would be, which is interesting. I, that's not what I expected. But the the maple like taste and the scent of the mapleness makes me think it's thicker than it really is. If that if that oh, makes well, sense. I on the mouthfeel. On the mouthfeel. Interesting. I definitely get like the maple body in here, and I yeah. can certainly see how like there's a syrup characteristic. Not, not, not to say it's a thin stout. I just feel like it's a little thinner than I expected. But this is. I like this one. I mean, it says here on the can, brew for the great outdoors to slip slow and take it easy. And I'm actually a big fan of this one. What do you think about this one? You like this? It's good, right? All right we got a thumbs up. The, the second hello gave it a thumbs up. Hell yeah. Uh, so, he's on the silent treatment right now. Someone jinxed him. Um, I will say that this would go fantastic on some pancakes. Um, or like a breakfast. It's a breakfast. Or, or, or on maple cakes, you know, um, flapjacks. Hence the name. Yep. And I don't know if I said it, but Cellar Reserve on that can. Uh, this is – Trim Tab did a great job. They hit yeah. a home run with this one. Um, you know, speaking of – not necessarily speaking of baseball, but we did have some other stuff happen in the NFL the other day. I yes. you got something else to say in the book. No, no, no. We can go in. So um, normally this is where I start off the Bears segment, but I took a timeout from the Bears during their bye week. I literally kind of, um, you know, put the Bears in the corner. And I'm like, hey – Guys, I need a minute before I can get back into... You, you need know, a break. I need a break. You know, <laughs> like I had to Ross and Rachel the situation and, you know, we were on a break and the, and the copy lady was the rest of the NFL. So, um, you know, just full day of NFL, watching Sunday, not worrying about watching the Bears. Um, you know, the biggest thing that happened and the thing that I'm most like upset about... I think all NFL fans are upset about. Is uh, Joe Burrow. Like, yeah, and, and the thing is, like, I'm just hoping it's not Carson Palmer part two. 
And like it's oh, it's eerie to the point how like similar it is. Um, Carson Palmer, of course, he sat a year and then he started playing for the Bengals. He took them to the um, uh, playoffs. To the playoffs, and then there was a an unfortunate rollover that you know tore his ACL. His career was never the same, but you could see the talent in Carson Palmer because he was still at times a top five quarterback, even though he was a he was a shell of his former self. Well, and, and that's how good of a quarterback Carson Palmer could have been. You know, it's crazy. You mentioned that about Carson Palmer and Joe Burrow. It's like Carson Palmer. I remember watching that game where he pretty much had the injury mm-hmm. towards ACL. Yeah, but for him, it pretty much was like a career. Yeah, I mean, it was for a lot of guys, but for Carson Palmer, it definitely was. Some guys come back. Yeah, but the thing that was that, crazy, that was also so many years ago. It was like right now that the technology and ACL right. injury, like and and like I know what you're saying. You know. Medicine's always changing, but when Carson Palmer towards ACL to now, it's like night. Oh, it's and day. a world of difference. It's a night, in terms night of how day. guys can rehab. Yeah. But the similarities that are very eerie because I watched that Carson Palmer game. I'm pretty sure it was against the Steelers. Mm-hmm. It was a, yeah, and so a playoff game that happened in the end zone. It happened on like the one half yard line of the bank. Or oh, he was throwing out of the end zone when he got hurt. Joe Burrow throwing out of the end zone when he got mm-hmm. hurt. Like the similarities between those two instances and those two plays specifically. Mm-hmm. Is astounding and unfortunate, and we we want uh, to see Joe Burrow back. I don't recall exactly where the Palmer injury injury took place, but you know I'm sure. Oh, I'm like out. I'm like ninety nine percent sure it happened while he was throwing out of the end zone. Same thing as Joe Burrow while he's throwing out of the okay. end zone, all for the Bengals. Um, uh, so. I don't care if it's against the Falcons. I want to see Joe Burrow come yeah. back. And, and, and so, like, as, as more news broke on the injury, it's a torn ACL, torn MCL, and there's some other ligament damage. And they're saying he may not be back to start next year. It may be – it may take a little longer. So, like, we're going to have to see what happens. And, and we would be remiss to not mention, since we're talking about devastating injuries, unfortunately, uh, just shout out to Clay Thompson as well. Yeah, torn Achilles. Ruptured Achilles after coming off a torn ACL, like – Fuck, that sucks, man. I yeah. really was looking forward to him Definitely. coming back. Um, it's, it's a cruel world out there, pandemic or not. It's a cruel world out there for some um, of these athletes. But, but, you know, I don't want to be all negative thoughts. I do want to bring some positive to this. Uh, so some positive news. The Packers did lose. So everyone <laughs> should be happy about that. Yeah. Uh, Pac- that was a great game. That was a great game. They pulled the Falcons. Did you still notice yeah. that? Yeah. Uh, Packers did lose, so everyone remiss. Everyone be happy. Um, also, you know what? Everyone just thank you, Lucky Stars. Um, and I'm going to tell everyone this right now. Like, it's always easy to hate on great players, but it's so much more fun just to appreciate watching them. And I'll tell you this. I did that with Kobe. I hated him for so many years, and then I just got sad when he retired. So anyone who hates on Patrick Mahomes, I don't know how you do or if you do, but stop doing that and just enjoy watching the greatness of Patrick Mahomes because he's truly a quarterback where if he has 10 seconds left to win a game, there's an 80% chance he's going to win that game. Man, I watching that game on Sunday night. So, you know, it's crazy. I wouldn't say I was a Patrick Mahomes hater, but I maybe wasn't necessarily sold on him uh, up until probably the playoff run last year. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, this guy is legit. And even then I'm like, well, you know, a lot of guys can be good for one year. This guy is still good. And I don't know if you saw the statistic on Sunday Night Football, but, like, in the first 40 games of his career, Patrick Mahomes is, like, first in the three leading categories, which is, like, touchdown yards and games won in the first 40 games of his career. It's, it's ridiculous. Which is crazy. And then the way that he won that game on Sunday night was incredible. I'll, I'll tell you this. There's, in my life, there has never been a friendly 
half a billion dollar contract, there's no way in my life that would ever make sense for there to be a friendly half a billion dollar contract. But this guy's good. He has a friendly half a billion dollar contract because he's that damn good. Oh, yeah. Okay, um, so real quick, let's get, yeah. Just uh, the last thing, um, just some fantasy stuff. Um, make sure you're aware of the Baltimore game because it may get postponed, may get stopped. Half the players have COVID. Which is on Thursday, by the way. So it's a very short yeah. turnaround for them, especially uh, with COVID. And potentially it could get moved to Sunday, I have a feeling. But I don't know if that will happen. But just... Just uh, just be aware of the game and just keep keep up with it. Fantasy playoffs coming soon. Yep. Get this is not this is the time to get it right with your lineup. This there is you the go. time to get it right. Um all right, so now we're just gonna move to the Bears. Um, you know Sunday night football. Sunday night football, Bears versus Packers. Um starting off on a you know, an unfor- not unfortunate but a worrisome note. Eddie Jackson is on the COVID list. He hasn't tested positive, but he was found to be near someone who was exposed to COVID. So, or maybe not exposed, someone who did test positive. So just something to monitor. Um, you know, also David Montgomery, I think he's, he might be coming back. So fantasy-wise, do monitor that. But David Montgomery might be starting running back again. So that, that'll be so good for us. Quick question or two for you, Nabo. One, this is the first game against the Packers this season? First game against the Packers. Okay, so and then the NFC North is still up for grabs. NFC, so we are, we are half a game behind the Packers right now. Okay, so, think, but still, yeah. still up for grabs, essentially. Yeah. It, okay. we're, um, we're five and five, and I think they're six and something. Okay. Six and four or something like that. Yeah, it looks like we got a seven and three mm. coming from the second ah. hello over there. Thank you. So then... So it's Packers and Bears top of the NFC yeah, North, right? Yep. Because the Lions somehow scored zero points this week, <laughs> uh, which is a different story entirely. I don't know if that's worse on them or worse on the Falcons, but regardless, uh, you know, because they gave up that terrible come from behind win to the Lions. Oh, I was like, what does it have to do with the Falcons? Why yeah, is it so selfish? You know, right, whatever. Um, Okay, then my second question for you, Nabil, who's the starting quarterback for the Bears on Sunday? Is it Mahomes? So, I mean, not Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. Ow. Ow. What the hell, bro? Hey, man. Hey, you know, what? Just, you know what? 28 to 3, bitch. Just for saying that. Ow. Yo, it, it's the 8.7% uh, ABV on this maple cakes. That, Ow. That's where you got that from. Um, okay. So, and I have been the biggest advocate that the Bears need to stick with Nick Foles. Bears need to stick with Nick Foles. And I'm not going to say I'm going to do a 180, but what I'll say is right now you're in a situation where Nick Foles is coming off an injury and you could just buy him time. You can just say, hey, Foles is still hurt. We're not going to start him. We're going to go to Mitch and just see what happens. Because I'll I'll tell you what, they're both bad. Yeah. They're both bad. So they are both bad, sure. But at least you can have some confidence in Mitch and that he knows – how the first team offense works. He knows how the games work I mean, because Foles he's been does. a starter. Foles knows how the first team works. Of course, but Foles knows more than Mitch does. No, of course. But what I'm saying is, is if Foles isn't 100 percent ready to go and not going to be able to do Foles well, probably is 100 percent ready to go. Okay, well, if that's the case, then he should start. But if he's not going to start, then you can have confidence with so, Mitch Trubisky versus that third string guy. Who so was I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, the Bears, I mean, um, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are on the hot seat right now. I mean, going from 5-1 five and one to 5-5 five and five is nothing that you should be okay with. No, no owner, you know, owner should be okay with your team Fan base, coach, or starting 5-1, okay moving to 5-5. Five and five. Right. Um, going on from that, I will say that um, the Bears ownership specifically takes these Packers games, you know, they count it as basically two games. 
If you win a Packers game, you've essentially won two games. If you lose a Packers game, in their mind, you've lost two games. So in their mind, you're going to be going from five and one to potentially five and seven. So this game is huge on a holiday weekend. You know, the entire Bears family is going to be watching this game together. If the Bears lose this game, I'll tell you, it's the seat is going to go from hot to in fuego. The Bears aren't going to fire anyone in the middle of the season. Um, well, at this point, you got like four or five weeks left. You might as well just but, play out. So th- this 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 could be the first game of the end of Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. Okay. So, um, you know, if, if it's a close game, that could be a little different. But if it's like a blowout, if, if you know, we see Aaron Rodgers sitting on the bench in the fourth quarter because the game is like completely out of reach – there, you're going to hear some stuff on Monday talking about, oh, Matt Nagy is this, this, that. Ryan Pace is looking to come back to New Orleans because he's about to get fired. You're going to hear stuff like that. So, okay, so we'll see. And I would say, obviously, with COVID and no fans being in the stands in most places, there's not much of a home field advantage. Yeah, sure, go for it. Um, however, Lambeau Field is still Lambeau Field. So, I mean, I think, like, that, that matters, right? And, like, it is intimidating to play there. It is one of those games and those places where you have to pinch yourself like, wow, we're yeah. really playing on Lambeau Field, at Lambeau Field, Sunday night football, Thanksgiving weekend. People are going to be watching. That being said, before we make our predictions, I got to give another shout out to Lacey King and Isaac Duncan for helping us get these trim tab beers from Birmingham, Alabama. This is a cake therapy. We're going to need a lot of therapy after yep, this yep. weekend. I'm going to have a lot of cake this weekend too. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Shout out, okay, I forgot to give a shout out to my brother for his birthday on the episode that we recorded <laughs> with Mark. However, I do want to give a special birthday shout out to my co-host, Mr. Nabil Walani, because by the time you'll be celebrating, that you'll be, you'll be hearing this, he might be 31 years old. And after the Packers game on Sunday, he might be like 37 years old. Hypothetically um, speaking. Hypothetically speaking. So yeah. happy early birthday, Nabil. Thank you. Happy cake therapy yep. to you. Thank you. Um, cake therapy. I mean, okay, this is just... Stouty. I really like this. Yeah? Yeah. Great. I can't wait to get some of that. How do you like – let's go to predictions. How do you like the Bears at Packers, Packers minus eight and a half? Um, I, like the, I like the Packers. I mean, they're going to cover too. I, I'm going to say the final score 37 to 21. Okay. Aaron Rodgers historically plays pretty well against Chicago, right? It's historically he does. 37-21 yeah. Packers. Okay. I'll take the Packers 34 34- – 17. So you just smooth my score down a little bit? And you just yeah, yeah, but we're, right. we're on the All same right. page. All right. All right, Raiders at Falcons, um, Vegas minus three and a half on the road. I got Vegas 28 to... Three? <laughs> That'd be crazy. 28-24, Okay, so you think it's going to be a nail-biter sort of deal? Uh, no, sense. I'm going to say um, Vegas is going to be up for a little bit, but the uh, Falcons are going to get a lot of garbage time points. Okay. All right. That's fair. So, I man, it sucks, but I think I'm going to take the Raiders in this one too, actually. Stop and, copying me. Well, I'm not because I'm going to take the Raiders 31-21. Did you just change your score again? No, you didn't. No. See, these stouts are adding up. I so, told you these okay. stouts. Because <laughs> you were on the stout before you wrote this because you got Ravers at Pitt, not Ravens at Pitt, but that's – uh, Pittsburgh minus five and a half. Do you home. understand where I am broadcasting from right now? The Wi-Fi changed it from Raiders to Ravers. Yeah, well, let me tell you about this Wi-Fi over here. <laughs> All right, so Ravers at Pitt, uh, Pittsburgh minus five and a half at home on Thanksgiving. If we're we're playing that game, if that game is on, I got Pitt winning um, 
24 to 17. 24-17. Yeah, I, I'm actually going to take Baltimore on this one. And I'm gonna take- Even with them being down running backs, they're, they're most likely down to their third string running back if he's available. Yeah, I'm, I'm still going to take Baltimore on this one just because they need that win. They really, really need that win. And the first game they played was pretty close. So I'm going to take Baltimore like 27-24. Uh, so, okay, Asif. Okay, here's the bold, here's the bold prediction. Asif has the Steelers getting their first loss of the year to Baltimore this week. Slash... I, got, I actually have a real bowl prediction. My real bowl prediction for this week, I wanted to say, the Jets are going to win their first game this weekend against Miami. I, I will actually bet you physical money for that. They will not. All right, $1? Uh, what, what, whatever you can afford. I bet you a yeah. dollar. I got a dollar. I got a dollar. I got a dollar. Hey, 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 hey. All right, <laughs> so those are our predictions. Bold, not so bold, pretty middle of the Jets will stuff. not win. Uh, we got cake therapy. We got open sales. We got maple cakes. And we got the West Coast IPA from Trim Tab. Shout out to Lacey King. Shout out to Isaac Duncan. Listen, Duncan's. if you are going to Alabama for any reason, if you're doing the Forrest Gump walk through the country and you're starting off in Alabama like he did, start off at Trim Tab. Oh, yeah. And, and at Trim Tab, too. Exactly. Because you went all the way around the country. Boom. Happy <laughs> birthday in the bill. Happy Thanksgiving to y'all. Stay safe. Oh, wait. One last thing. What are you thankful for in sports this year? The bubble, the NBA bubble, I think it was great. And the Lakers won. The Lakers also got Marcus Hall in free agency, so I'm really excited about all that. So that's what you're thankful for? Yeah. I'm thankful for having football, just in general. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm thankful for sports as a whole because we get to watch something. Thankful for WWE, maybe watch some broken school yeah. sessions. Also, thank, thank you to that one person in my fantasy league who dropped Deshaun Watson for some reason, and I got to pick him up off of waivers. I can trade him back to you if you want. Just let me know. All right. Yo, Take care. Thank you, Lacey. Thank you, Isaac. Happy birthday in the bell at Bears, Birds, and Brews. Happy Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble.